Welcome to the New Life Youth Podcast, a ministry of New Life Church in Poland, Ohio. You can follow along with our message in the YouVersion Bible app. Simply text Y-T-H-N-O-T-E-S to the number 330-325-4433 and you'll receive the notes in the YouVersion Bible app to follow along with the sermon. Let's go ahead and join our sermon in progress. YouVersion notes tonight because I'm... I'm being intentional with paper tonight, so come on up and get a pen and uh, a piece of paper to take notes. Um, what? Yeah, no phones. No, yeah, tonight it's straight up. We're going to go a little old school, I do, but I have something I want to do with the paper. And please don't doodle on the back because the back is part of what I want to do. So, all right. Is the... Uh, Is the iPad going? I think I set it up. All right. Cool. Do we have enough pens for everybody? Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, If you need a paper Bible to follow along, you can absolutely grab one also. I see some people grab some. Ephesians chapter 6, we are in week three of our series. the armor of God, suit up, suit up. Leaning over with the mic on next to the speaker, that's never good. All right, so, uh, gosh, I don't, okay, cool. I didn't put this belt on yet, I didn't practice putting the belt on. So last week we did the belt of truth. I'm not going to tuck my shirt in, don't worry. Um, Michaela talked about truth, uh, what truth is. Um, and how we need to engage and um, kind of the first component as we go into the world so that we can stand and, uh, and talk and, and stand firm and, and fight against the enemy and do all those things. Um, truth is, God's truth is important, uh, more specifically, uh, not just truth, but God's truth, because he is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This week... We're going to do the next part. Is everybody in Ephesians 6? You good? We're going to start in verse 10. We're going to read the whole thing again. Okay, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece, every piece, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from God, or from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So week two, we are coming out of verse 14 again. Verse 14 contains the first two pieces of uh, 
the armor of God that we need to suit up with. Week one, we talked about setting up our safe house. The armor of God is for believers. If you don't believe in Jesus, you aren't going to stand. And uh, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and you will, in fact, be killed spiritually and uh, suffer in anguish. And we talked about just how awful hell really is because it's a real place, what it's like there. So tonight's the body armor. A Kevlar vest was a bit overkill and overpriced. So this is just a weight training vest, but it looks kind of body armor-ish and Kevlar-ish, right? And these are the kind of things that spies, um, you know, they wear this under their suits if they're, if they're being wise, okay? I don't know how long I'm gonna wear this because this is a medium and it's really tight. Um, so the body armor, obviously, when you're wearing it, it protects the vital organs, right? Got the lungs, the heart, stomach, liver, kidneys, right? This body armor protects everything. Now, Paul's imagery, uh, when he was originally writing this, the, re the frame of reference that, that the church would have had back then is the Roman soldier. And uh, th so their, their body armor was kind of, uh, they had a strap here, and you know the front was made of metal. The back was usually made of leather. If, if there was a back to it, uh, oftentimes it was just like a belt around it. Uh, just kind of depended on, on, the, uh, on the legion and uh, what, what, uh, what time period of, of the Roman Empire they were in. So, but the, the body armor protects the, the, the vital organs. Now, it's not just the vital body armor. It is the body armor of God's righteousness. Now, righteousness is defined, like a good youth pastor, I looked up the definition. Righteousness, uh, it, according to, to the dictionary, is morally right, uh, a divine morality, has to do with behaviors. Um, and according to, to the Bible, obviously, God, godly behaviors. Our, our righteousness is, is in line with, with what God wants and who God is. There's another component to righteousness that the Bible talks about, which we'll get to uh, in a little bit, uh, that, that goes along with this, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. So we got the armor, the body armor of God's righteousness. That's where we're going into tonight. Okay, so first and foremost, you got to do what I did. You got to put it on. Okay, none of this works if you don't put it on. Okay, this does absolutely no good laying there. You're exposed, you're vulnerable, you can be shot, whatever, you know, flaming arrows, stabbed, you know, you can be mortally wounded, you can be killed if you don't have that. So the first thing is, you got to put it on. Sometimes you got to bend over. When you're old like me, it's harder work to bend over and get it than it is when you're 15. But you got to get it and put it on. And you got to put it on properly, right? You got to wear it rightly. You got to wear it correctly. Because if you put it on like this, you know, one sleeve, obviously not going to do any good. It won't stay on you. And if you don't zip it up and strap it on correctly, you're still exposed, right? So you can kind of fake it and, and pick it up and go to church and carry your Bible and that sort of thing. But if you really aren't using God's righteousness and, and equipping yourself and putting it on rightly, it does you no good. So number one, it's put on. Number two, it's God's righteousness. Okay, we talked about how right, the definition of righteousness um, is, is based on God's righteousness. 
God's morality, what God thinks and, and, and how God has set up the framework for, for different ideologies and things like that uh, around us and in, in, in culture, okay? And uh, culture is, obviously is way off base on a lot of things nowadays. Um, not, not, not so different than the time when Paul was writing this letter to the Ephesians. Rome was jacked up. Rome was a jacked up society. They worshiped hundreds of gods. They, they were just morally, just abjectly evil um, in their hearts. Um, orgies and people sleeping together and, and uh, homosexuality was a big deal back then too. Uh, just all kinds of nastiness and, and immorality going on in Rome. So it's not so different today as it was back then. They just didn't have social media and 24 hours of the internet to broadcast it all in living color for us all the time. But it was still going on. Um, so there's a righteousness and a morality, but it's God's. And so the, the supplier matters, right? It's God's righteousness, so the supplier matters in this, okay? It's not what we think is good and right and moral. It's not what Republicans and Democrats think is good, right, and moral. It's not even what our parents think is good, right, and moral. It's what God defines as good, right, and moral. Our definition of righteousness is based on God. So the supplier of that righteousness matters. We got to put it on, and we have to put on God's righteousness. Number three, back to righteousness. Righteousness is two things. I, I mentioned this when I was given the definition. Okay? We talked about its morality and behaviors and, and what we do, right? But there's a different part of righteousness in the, in the original language uh, that the Bible was written in, where it, it's a matter of right standing with God. Are you right with God? Are you in line with God? Are you in Christ? Okay, back to the week one, the safe house, right? Are you in Christ? So there, there's, righteousness is both a position and behaviors. It's a position where you're right with God and in line with God, that's obviously, are you, you know, are you a Christian? But out of that comes the godly behaviors. So if you're truly in line with God, your thoughts, your ideologies, your, your beliefs, your actions, every single piece of you, your speech, all of it, is going to line up with God's righteousness. Okay, it's kind of the natural, natural flow of things, right? If you, if you go in the swimming pool and you're jumping in the swimming pool, you're going to get wet right? You get, you're, in, you're in the pool. If you're in Christ, if you're, if you're in God and in, positionally right with God, you're going to, he's going to change your mind, change your heart, and you're going to behave rightly, and you're going to think rightly. Your, your thought life is going to change, okay? It doesn't, it's not 100% all at once, but there's going to be that progression where it's going to be, you're going to want to dig in, and you're going to want to put on God's righteousness and and behave the way he wants and, and do the things that he wants you to do and follow the Spirit's leading and all the things that we talked about uh, in week one and, and then last week where we engage, right? We have to engage with Christ before we engage the world or the world's going to chew us up and spit us out, right? So put on God's righteousness. We got we to take the effort, do the work to put it on, okay? That's praying, reading our Bible, seeking God's face, uh, listening to sermons, listening to teaching, absorbing it, memorizing scripture, all, the, all those behaviors and all of those disciplines. We've got to put it on, 
It's got to be God's way, not our way. And ultimately, the righteousness is, is two layers. Positional, you're in Christ, and you're living the way God wants. Okay, so that's the breakdown of that, those, those few little words in the last part of, of verse 14. Okay, and here we are at, so what? Everybody say, so what? Right? So what? That's nice, Pastor Scott. Two types of righteousness. Zippity-doo-dah. So what? So number one, we got to put on, back to this again, okay, we got to put on your body armor, and the armor of God is kind of like your portable safe house. Establishing the safe house before you go on your mission, right? That's being in Christ. Same thing. This port, you're, you're taking Jesus with you. The armor of God is like taking Jesus and the Holy Spirit with you. You put it on, and you have this portable safe house. He's your protector. Uh, David in the Psalms talks about how, how uh, God is his shield, his fortress, his rock, all those things. Um, there, there's a passage in Exodus during, uh, at the parting of the Red Sea where God tells Moses to shut up, stand still, and I'll take care of it kind of thing. Um, the, those things, you know, it's God, okay? Our portable safe house, God with us, okay? Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, which means God with us. So number one, you got to have a portable safe house. Number two, examine what you call good. This is a tough one. You have to take what you call good and what you would call right, what you would call, you know, moral, whatever, insert whatever adjective you want, and measure it against this. Okay? Is your thought life in line with this? Is your attitude towards your mom and dad or grandparents or whoever your guardians are, does it line up with being submissive and loving and honoring your mother and father, right? All of these things in our lives are the, th are the things you watch and the things you listen to. Um, you know, is that something... In the 80s, they used to say something to the effect of, if Jesus were sitting next to you, would he want to watch what you're watching? Right? Kind of that standard, right? Remember Pastor Laurie talking about kissing? You can't unkiss someone. Well, if Jesus is sitting next to you, do you really want him to watch or listen to what you're watching and listening to? What would he do, right? So examine what you call good. Examine what you would call good. And we have to do this in the culture, right? Because the culture is saying, this is good, this is good, this is good, and it's telling us what is wrong and what is bad and what is evil. But we have, to, we, have to have, we have our own higher standard, right? Because some of the stuff that gets called good in culture is actually evil. Okay? What, what the culture would call loving and tolerant is actually hateful because it's showing that you don't care about the eternal well-being of someone's soul. Right? To allow them to continue in their, in their sin, in their evil, whatever that might be. So number one, portable safe house. Number two, look at what you call good. Examine it. Analyze it according to the word. Ask God right, to, to help you with your thought life and what, how you live and what you say, what you do. Look at those things. right. And thirdly, if you do those things, and, and it's, uh, like I said earlier, it's a process. This is a process. If you do those things, you will be God's definition of good. Jesus uh, was approached by, by a, a, a teacher of the law, and he, 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 the, that teacher called Jesus good. 
And Jesus asked him, why do you say that I'm good? No one is good but God. But you are right in calling me good because Jesus is God, right? Be God's definition of good, which is another way of saying be like Jesus. Romans 8, right? Be conformed to the image of Jesus. Be conformed to the image of his son. And again, that's same old, same old. You, I, I preach the same sermon, just use different words every week for the most part. But read, memorize your Bible, pray, spend time with God, and then live and tell others about Jesus, right? It all boils down to those things, but we, I try to get you to think of it in different ways. Portable safe house. Examine what you call good and be God's definition of good. God's definition of good. So I'm going to do something a little different with altar call tonight. I think we did this a long time ago one time. Thanks for joining us. Please be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. It helps us to be able to share God's message with more people. Join us each week for new messages from our New Life Youth Services. And for more content and info, you can follow us on Instagram at newlifepolandoh, Facebook, or go to our website, newlifepoland.com forward slash ministries forward slash YTH and get more information on events and service times. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great week.